Board Game Famous, the board gaming podcast we all hope to find under our tree come Christmas morn. That's right, it's a holiday special episode. I'm your host, David, and I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Michael. Howdy, howdy. Or should I say, jingle jangle. <laughs> is that is that christmas ear or is that cowboy ear cowboy ear <laughs> you know what does it matter <laughs> <laughs> we start as always with hey michael what you been playing well i know i mentioned it on the last podcast that i was up in the boston area for vacation and i played board games at a local board game store there but you know i didn't actually say what i played uh, I played a handful of games while I was there there on vacation because that's what you do. Like like you uh, mentioned a few episodes ago, I traveled with a few games, so I played. Um, so I brought my own copy of Railroad Inc. and Silver and Gold to roll and write slash flip and writes, which was really nice to have in the airports for traveling. But while I was there in Boston. Uh, at the local game store, I played a handful of games. Uh, I played Dra- Galaxy Trucker, which I had played before. Did uh, you get to play the new edition? I did not get to play the new edition yet. I played another roll and write, well, I guess flip and write, called On Tour, which was a uh, a fun edition of trying to make a tour schedule across the United States. That, that one was an interesting one. But I think the game that I want to focus on the most is Broom Service by Alexander Pfister. Broom Service is an area movement game where you play as a couple of witches traveling traveling across this fantasy world, collecting resources and delivering them to these different locations across the map. What is interesting about uh, Broom Service is everyone has the same cards in their hands, and you only pick a few of them to play each round. And so what the leader does is they, they pick a card that they want to play, and each action has a strong action and a weak action. If you play that action card and decide to do the strong action, but someone else has that card, then they can steal it from you. They can steal that strong action, and you don't get to do anything. So you can be you can choose to take the weak action and play it safe, but it's not as good. So it has this nice balance of... You are trying to have the best turn, but you don't want to push your luck too hard. And you're trying to figure out what other people are wanting based on where they're on the map of saying, oh, if I play this one card and I want to do the strong action, will I get screwed? It's it's really fun of just trying to like measure up your opponents and uh, effectively deliver resources across the fantasy map. And I, I think I played this first with you, David. Uh, I don't know if you still own it. Oh, oh, I still own this game. This is pro- this is one of Ellen's favorites and one of my most played games. This sees the table all the time. It's the mechanic of measuring up of, should I take this action because uh, it's really good for me? Or will I get screwed out if I try to take a strong action? Or is it better if I just settle for the weak action? Uh, the lesser of the two? Or being able to sit there and you see the person next to you place the strong action all confident like it's like oh no 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 you're not no i i also have that card and sniping them (laughs) but there's nothing worse than playing the weak action and watching every other player around the table pass knowing you could have done the strong action oh yeah yeah that that is another hilarious bit is if you choose the cowardly less action and you realize that you just screwed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, uh, you just played yourself. You just played yourself. 
it's got that uh it's got that fun interaction going on as well as your uh witches moving across the map making deliveries and all that kind of stuff it, it's it's really fun it's it's really fun it, it doesn't hurt that it's got the artwork by Vincent Dutrait, who is one of my favorite board game artists. He's really, he's hot right now. He's super busy with board game art. What else has he designed? Uh, Vincent Dutrait hasn't designed anything. He's just the artist for a ton of games. So he did Broom Service. He did one of the modules for Time Stories. He did a game called Rising 5. He did another game called called space odyssey um essentially every reiner canizia game put out by grail games has vincent Dutrait art on it the man's yeah. busy <laughs> it looks uh very very good and even though it came out in 2015 uh i know i just phrased it like that 2015 is not super far away uh but it's it's an eternity in board game years uh <laughs> if if you see this game in a library at a local board game store like i did give it a shot give it a shot see how you feel about it it's not too hard to learn and i really enjoyed it because you know uh, i taught it and it was just two of us and i lost and it was fine i still had a great time <laughs> there's another game with a similar mechanic called glass road that i'm doing a video review for so come back and check that out sometime in the future so david what you been playing well, Michael, I got to play a couple of games with you when you visited uh, St. Louis recently, and that was a ton of fun. We went out to the bars, played uh, around. We went, one, we went out to one bar. We, we went out to one bar. Yeah, that's how I like to party. Go out to one bar, <laughs> have like a drink, and then go home and go to bed. <laughs> that is the definition of a party. One of my recent board game comics was uh, something along the lines of, Every game is a party game when you're an introvert. <laughs> so we so we went out to a bar and we got to play a trick-taking game called Shamans. That was a lot of fun. Century Spice Road. That was uh, was a good time. And then you and I also got to play a game called Shards of Infinity, designed by Gary Arendt and Justin Gary. Wow, Gary Arendt and then Justin Gary. <laughs> Are we sure it's not just Justin Gary Arendt? Uh, no, there's, they're listed separately on the board game page. <laughs> that definitely, that definitely sounds made up. <laughs> uh, Justin Gary and, uh, Gary Arendt. <laughs> uh, it's a deck builder with a trade row, which I have historically railed against. I despise trade rows. You have gone on record many times. I've gone on record many times, and this is me saying that I was wrong. That, board, that deck builders with trade rows can be good. And Shards of Infinity is an excellent example of that. It has just a few twists on the, on the genre that really elevate it in my eyes as a, as a good game. One, every card is well-costed. I think that's something that I've had issues with in the past where the prices just seem a little unbalanced and I'm not going to pay that much for a junk card or some... Some cheap cards are a little overpowered. Everything costs exactly what it should be. And then it also has this mechanic where you can level up. You can pay your money to gain levels. And your goal is to defeat the opponent by playing a hand of cards that generates damage and you're attacking their life points, trying to send them to the shadow realm, I assume. And once you reach level 30, there's a card in you, that you start with in your deck that just deals infinite damage. So it's a race to either... A, generate enough damage to just kill your opponent before they can be level up to just kill you with one card. And that, that tension 
that this this new mechanic creates is really intriguing to me and cards cards that you buy from the trade row also have better abilities at the higher levels you get and it's just a really fun deck builder it just it just hits all the right notes for me uh, I, I never thought i would play a deck builder with a trade row that i really enjoyed um and i'm starting to see the benefit of them it just takes it just takes good designers like gary aaron to justin gary they're not real people <laughs> they can't that can't be real <laughs> i definitely agree with you on the fact that it is the mechanic of your cards get more powerful the more powerful you get as you level up that does feel very very satisfying mm-hmm. because it it changes the balance of oh hey this is a card that i'm going to get for early game and, and there there are still decisions like that in this deck builder of oh this is an early game card it's just that oh it has that added benefit of oh this is a card i want right now and in the future it can do all these things for me uh that's also great yeah. And has has really good momentum of pushing yourself forward. Uh, and I really enjoyed beating you that game that we played. Did you win? Yeah, I, I did win. <laughs> Wipe, <laughs> wiped it from your memory. Wiped it from your memory, I see. <laughs> oh, no. I play too many games to worry about winning So all the time. So, I mean, I, I don't remember all the time I lose. <laughs> no, it was, it was just one of those. I just consistently did more damage every single turn. <laughs> <laughs> time for game of the fortnight the section where we highlight one game to be held and focused on above all others at least for the next two weeks and with the holidays in mind i wanted to cover a game that was a little bit more thematically appropriate unfortunately i don't have any of those so we're going to focus on a game that's more of a different a different holiday feel and that is nevermore produced by smirk and dagger games david i know why you're bringing this up for the listeners out there David owns a game of Nevermore, and for the past 15 years, a little bit of hyperbole, (laughs) for the past 15 years, every single time that we get together, he sends out a group message, hey, what board game should I bring to Christmas, to Thanksgiving, whatever, and immediately all of us respond, Nevermore, 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 Nevermore. You better have Nevermore. (laughs) No other suggestions. Just nevermore. <laughs> a man who owns a hundred great board games. A little bit of hyperbole there too. No. And we only suggest and we only suggest uh nevermore. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, with the holidays coming up, do you know what game David's bringing uh to Christmas? It's nevermore. <laughs> this is a bit more of a, a Halloween-y feel. Uh it's a bit it's got a bit of an Ed- Edgar Allan Poe vibe, if you couldn't figure that out based on the name. Just a, just a bit. Just a <laughs> bit. <laughs> Players are collecting a hand of cards that come in five suits. The suits are hearts, swords, chalices, magic wispy things, and ravens. Uh, it's a bit of a drafting game where you're passing three cards to your left. And then you're passing two cards to your left. And then you're passing one card to your left. And after that, we resolve our you, you resolve your hands of cards. And your goal is to either get to A, six victory points to win the game, or B, kill all the other players and be the last one alive. And like Michael said, I bring it to just about every family gathering and with 
Christmas on the way. It's sure to see some play sometime uh, upcoming soon. And so what's what's special about this is with the drafting, you know, you, you get a hand of five and you pass three and then you get the three from your other player and then you pass two and then you pass one. What's special about it is you have the five different suits and each of the five different suits allows you to do a specific action. But you have to have the most to be able to do that action. So uh, chalices give you victory points. Victory points are one of the ways to win. And so if you have three chalices and another player has two chalices, then you only get one victory point. And that person who has two chalices just wasted drafting the two chalices because they get nothing. Good day, sir. And so it's just the... It's just this, you're trying to focus on specific kinds of resources to maximize your actions. And at the end of the day, because of the drafting, you can't keep everything that you want. Uh, <laughs> you may end up in those situations where you can't, you can't do those actions or you get nothing. And the fifth suit, the Raven, cancels out some of these cards. And so it makes you even less effective. But you always want to hold on to those Raven cards. Because if you either get a handful of ravens, or at least get a majority of ravens, any raven you have left over that can't cancel a card gives you powerful magic cards. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there, so there's a bit of a there's a bit of a push and pull on which cards do I want to keep, and it's 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 always interesting trying to figure out what the person is going to pass you, so you can try and figure out what to hold on to, so you can get a powerful action. Do you want the magic cards from the magic wispies? Do you want to hurt all the people that have been attacking you before so you hold on to swords have you been beat down and you need to hold on to heart it's a very quick drafting game too yeah i think we can play a game in what 10 15 minutes that sounds about right i mean it also helps that we've played a lot of games over the years did you get it when it was brand new i don't know this is one of the first games i got i played it at geekway five years ago i think so about halfway into my board gaming career i wasn't quite as discerning with uh, what games I was purchasing, because let's be honest, this is a bit of a spoiler alert. Uh, if I played it now, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't have bought it. But I purchased it, brought it home, and now we play it all the time as a family. <laughs> and Something. he is not allowed to not have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those uh, games I'm like, I would sell that, but my brothers would get angry. <laughs> Unless you sold it to one of us. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a meme game in our family at this point. <laughs> All right, all right. I am not going to lie. It is not the greatest game. Uh, spoiler, I am not going to give it a gold star. It holds a special place in my heart because of our family. Do I think it's a great game? No. Do I love this game? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's definitely got that nostalgic factor for us. So I always I bring it home every every Thanksgiving, every Christmas because it holds six players. So all of the brothers get around a table and we'll go, Let's attack each other. Let's be mean to each other for 20 to 30 minutes. When you minutes. have a big family and there's a game that you can play like this where you can be appropriately mean to each other, uh, like you like to do whenever you're family <laughs> <laughs> in a board game, <laughs> it, it has that certain je ne sais quoi that a bunch of brothers might enjoy. Yeah. Or I, I guess it doesn't have to be brothers. Uh, a bunch of siblings might enjoy in a game. So, uh, you already gave your verdict. No gold star for you. It's also going to be no gold star for me, which should be a which should be no surprise. Basically, how I said I was planning on, I had planned on selling it, but I knew I couldn't. <laughs> 
I feel like uh, uh, I'm that beating heart trapped beneath the floor. That, that that's, that's what Nevermore is for me. It's that beating heart trapped beneath the floor, and I just can't can't get it out. <laughs> I do like how it is one of the most worn looking games on your board game shelf. <laughs> just because we've played it so many times, and it's just it's so easy to get to the table at this point for us. It's just like, oh yeah, we all know how to play this. Let's just sit down and. Knock out a round or two of this. Never more. Oh, oh, this game does have an expansion. It's fine. The expansion's fine. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> what I like about the expansion is it adds upgraded components for the uh, tiles you're flipping. Oh, yes, that's that's true. That's true. The, uh, the action tiles. The action tiles, which are randomized. The order is randomized. It's really nice. That's all I have to say about that. No no gold star for Nevermore. It just has a uh, a fond place in our hearts. Uh, yeah, you should play it once, if you can play it for free. I don't think they did it this year. Geekway to the West has had Nevermore tournaments, like, every year that we've gone. I don't think they had it this year, because they were focusing on promoting their new games. And I was like, man, I wonder if I'm any good after only playing with brothers. Speaking of games we like to play around the holidays, this Fortnite's brother banter is... Games we play around the holidays. <laughs> and just board gaming around the holidays in general. <laughs> I guess that's true. Board gaming around the holidays in general. So, David, what would you like to say about board gaming around the holidays? Oh, man. I go one of two ways with this. One, around the holidays, I typically have a little bit more time off. So I pack as many, many games as possible into those days. The long, epic games that I possibly can get packed into that uh, get packed into my travel bag and I bring them on with high hopes that I'll get to play a few of them but also we're gathering around with family trying to play with those higher player counts and we end up playing some more party games as well since we've got the people for them I like to play games that will that have higher player counts that have that include as many people as possible uh, I do remember the year that we tried to play Twilight Imperium 3rd edition over the holidays <laughs> I think you mean the year we succeeded at playing Twilight Imperium. We were we were one round short of actually completing the game, if I remember correctly. <laughs> okay, is that the year uh, you guys went out to eat lunch and plotted against me while I was away? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not bitter. I don't remember that until the end of days. But I think one of the main themes about board gaming around the holidays is you're not playing board games with your usual group. So the people you may be playing with could come from a wide variety of board gaming backgrounds, also known as your family. <laughs> <laughs> we have touched on in in this uh, podcast about how our mom was a big influence on getting us into board games in the first place because she introduced us to the classics. We have since, I don't want to say moved on, we have ascended from those. How is that better than moved on? <laughs> that's, way like more, that's way more condescending. <laughs> we, still, we still get our mom involved in board games. She doesn't play as complicated board games over the holidays. And like you said, we have a lot of time off. And so, yes, we end up playing a lot more uh, party games. But we sometimes do end up carving out an afternoon to play some of the heavier stuff. But we always make time for our mom to play board games that are not so heavy uh, that she would enjoy. Uh, examples is, you know, a game that she ended up getting or gifting to her was King Domino, a game that every holiday we have to play 20 million times, and I don't mind because it's a great game. 
That won the Kinderspiel. Not the Kinderspiel. I think that won the Spiel. Yeah, so it, it won the Spiel the Yard, so... Now, it's a great game. Other games that our mom... My, my mom. <laughs> ...has also enjoyed has been Dixit, Mysterium, uh, you know, these abstract party games where you're giving clues with uh, complex, surreal, artistic cards with uh, surrealistic scenes. Really good. Uh, she also enjoys... The most recent one is Silver and Gold. I played Silver and Gold with her, and I think she, she bought, bought her a copy. Yeah, she bought her own copy of that. <laughs> yeah, she got her own copy. But yeah, it's just it's the it's the theme of you're going to be mixed with people you don't normally uh, play with, and that and that's what I've heard uh, from my friends as well. It's just like, hey, what kinds of games do you play with family whenever you go home? Um, one of my friends has young, I'm going to use the term nibblings, so young nieces and nephews, I don't know. They have nibblings, and uh, they played My Little Scythe, so... Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah, so I think that was a fun introduction. It's just, you want to play games that bring people to the table. Right, because the holidays are about spending time with your families, and that's what uh, that's what board games do. They bring people together. So you want to make sure that you're picking the game that fits the crowd you're playing with we get done we get we get to carve out an afternoon for a a heavier game just because as as brothers we individually got into board gaming uh to to various degrees Uh, a lot of us play rpgs or magic or i'm just a straight board gaming i just went down the straight board gaming path i don't do any rpgs or magic shame except for magic magic's for nerds (laughs) (laughs) We still love you, Magic friends. We still love you guys. <laughs> I was going to say, that's specifically directed at Andrew, Nate. I think Isaiah played. <laughs> Isaiah doesn't play as much Magic anymore, but yes. <laughs> uh, during the holidays, they'd be down in the corner, downstairs in the corner, playing Magic. And oh, I got like, this new deck and I'm ready to do Magic. And I'm like, a nerd while I'm playing Dominion upstairs. <laughs> so funny that Andrew still sounds like that, even though he's gone through puberty. <laughs> Andrew, if you're listening to this, burn. (laughs) (laughs) While our dad doesn't play that many games, I like looking up from our table and seeing dad sitting there smiling, just listening to his boys sitting around the table trash-talking each other. (laughs) Oh, that's one of the nicest things about uh, family board game nights. Not that I don't trash-talk in regular board game nights. It's just that when you're family, it feels different and it it feels... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's that special knowing exactly how to make them cry <laughs> hey remember this thing from 12 years ago because i do <laughs> completely unrelated completely unrelated <laughs> which is funny because we just said that uh family board games board games over the holidays is all about bringing the family together <laughs> are we are we uh, a bad family <laughs> I think we're a great family. <laughs> we do remember to say that we love each other. Michael, I love you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> love you too. <laughs> what would you say, besides Nevermore, what, are the, what would you say is one of your favorite board games to get to the table over the holidays? I bring the few party games that I own. Uh, so I'll bring Decrypto. That's a good code guessing game. That's fun to play with a generational gap. Uh, I also like to bring A Fake Artist Goes to New York, which is a cooperative drawing game with a trader. Not really a trader, but somebody who's trying to contribute to this painting that everybody's drawing together, but they don't know what they're drawing, and they have to fake it till they make it. 
That is that is actually one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite party games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> each player draws one line at a time, and you pass the drawing around the circle. Each artist has their own color, so they everyone knows which line was drawn by which player. And one person doesn't know what's being drawn, but still has to contribute and make it look like they know what they're doing. <laughs> it leads to some wild pictures. <laughs> leads to some wild pictures. And my favorite part of that is the accusation phase where you're just sitting around. It's like, so why'd you make that a T? <laughs> I was like, oh, because, you know, it would be weird if I didn't. <laughs> I guess the moral of the story is just games just bring people together, and that's what the holidays are for. It's like the holidays were made for board games. And now it's time for Mail Time! The part of the show where we answer questions from listeners like you. Thank you! And this question comes from an Instagram reply that we got, and they asked, What board games make great stocking stuffers? And... There are quite a few games that come in small packages that uh, that would fit inside a stocking. We were talking about one of our favorite party games is A Fake Artist Goes to New York. That comes in a very tiny box that you could easily purchase for, I think, $15. A simple, simple cheap gift that you can slide inside the stocking. And it's uh, it's got a lot of fun packed into a small box. A- another game that I've talked about at length in this podcast is... Uh, lie i like to take that one wherever i go because it's so uh it just fits in my pocket it's so easy to travel with that slides right into a stocking you can actually get you could probably pour the entire paco game series into uh into a stocking but not all of them are worth it lie is definitely the best one to get out of that series another one of my favorites is Mintworks. it's a small package for a worker placement game which i, I didn't think would be possible to fit a worker placement experience down into that small package but uh you can put that into a stocking you could probably fit all three of the ones i've mentioned just in the toe of a stocking and still have room for uh room for the leg what about you michael well like you said it it has to be a small game so unless you're uh, a giant uh, i wouldn't recommend gloomhaven as a stocking stuffer <laughs> uh, <laughs> but so so games on the smaller size that i really enjoy I'm going to mention it one more time, Silver and Gold. Uh, that's <laughs> that's a smaller game. But other smaller games that I enjoy is Cockroach Poker. Nice and easy one. If you're going to put that into a stocking, that's one that you can open up and easily play with your family, keeping in the theme of uh, good family games, uh, easy to play. Uh, another one that I also really enjoy is Six Nimit. Nice and easy. These are all smaller card-based games, so they fit great and easy to play, easy to teach. They would easily fit within a stocking. An- another another way we could answer that question is, as a board gamer, I often purchase all the games that I own by myself without asking anybody so there, there may be some questions on what game should i get them if they already buy what they already what they want you could always get them board game up board game component upgrades to put in their stocking metal coins are a nice addition poker uh, chips if they like playing stock games yeah uh, upgraded resource bits often come in uh, pretty small bags that you can slip into a stocking uh component holders like collapsible oh. component holders or stackable cups. It doesn't have to be a game that you get for your board gamer. Just get them something for some. Uh, get them something for a game you know they already love. Hell, it can just be board game related. 
Heck, it could just be board game related. <laughs> there are a lot of good small games that can fit into a stocking, but with like every single hobby, they might know a lot more about what they want. Uh, some additional things could always be a good idea. Like like components? Like components, like little things. It is now that we have come to the end of our journey, as we have almost come to the end of the year. Thank you for listening to us. We're going to be taking the next couple weeks off uh, to enjoy the holidays, as we've been discussing. We'll be back in the new year, releasing an episode January 6th. But thank you for sticking with us for these past 12 episodes. And to the Brothers Murph, I just want to say, you know, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Now's the time for us to come together. And if, if we can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, we want to come together, play a board game, and kick your butt at it. But for fun, you know? Not for fun. For We're just fun. saying, maybe you could be our brothers too. Dare I say it? Ohana? <laughs> if you have any questions, feel free to email us at boardgamefamous at gmail.com or join our Discord and pop a question in the Discord channel. We also have an Instagram. Where you can follow us and look at all the games that Michael and I are playing. But until the new year, bye bye Bye-bye now.